I'm Corrine. And I'm Cameron. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to A Conversation, Conversation Between Women. All right. Welcome to another Conversation Between Women, where we dive headfirst down the rabbit hole of existence. And we're talking about everything from the mundane to the extraordinary. So, Corrine, what, how are you existing right now? What's happening in life? Um, I was, well, I did Kundalini yoga again this morning and I was driving home thinking she's going to have to start because I don't know where I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't really know where I am either. I've got so many things that I want to talk about, but like a lot of them I can't really talk about, but, um, I can just say that my, well, that sums it up. I'll say something that really funny that sums it up. There's this astrologer, Rick Levine, and I was listening to a podcast he was doing the other day and he was, he kept referencing this astrological event that was going on, which I never finished the podcast. So I never got to figure out what the event was, but he kept calling it the psychedelic elephant, like the psychedelic elephant in the room that was happening or whatever. And I feel like my life is so psychedelic right now. I'm having so many interesting experiences living in a human body. And um, I have been having these experiences for the last year, really. And at times they're like terrifying and other times they're like pissing me off. And I just know that they are on the way to wherever I am going. And um, so it's been really, really interesting time for me. And I'm really curious if anybody else is having weird bodily experiences because it's like tripping me out. So one of the things I'll just kind of briefly talk about is that I have this thing, which my mentor and I have just started calling it spinning out where it's literally like I can actually feel the earth's rotation. So all of a sudden I have all, I am just like zoomed into this freaking portal and the I can feel the earth rotating is what it feels like. And the last time this happened, and it usually will lay me out for a couple of days. Like I will be like that in that state, feeling the earth spinning for a couple of days. So it's really weird. Um, and I went down the whole thing, the rabbit hole of like physiologic reasons, right? And I've just realized like it doesn't matter because it's just a spiritual thing. That's like every physical experience is a spiritual experience, right? So like it manifests in this physical. So the last time this happened, and this is when I really got to this place of like, okay, everything really is a spiritual experience. The last time this happened was on the equinox of whatever, a couple of weeks ago. And um, my daughter and I were having a fire ceremony. I got the drum out. We're outside. We've got the fire going. We had dyed eggs and like I hid the eggs for her and everything. And she was finding the eggs. And we we're just having this whole fun celebration together. And I start drumming and just welcoming in the season, right? Welcoming in the change and the purification that happens with each season. And I bring the drum over here to the right side of my head you know, I feel the vibrations, whatever, but I bring it to the left side of my head. And it's like, the only way I can explain this is that it's like, um, crinkling up paper or something. There's like, and I'm like, well, that's weird. So I bring it over here. And I'd heard that noise before when I was doing yoga, like a couple weeks later, I did an inversion and I stood back up and I heard that noise. And 
so then I come over here to the right side and I don't hear the noise. I go back to the left side and I hear the noise. And then I start feeling kind of like hot and like flushed. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to put the drum down or whatever. And I sat there and then I decided I wanted to lay on the earth and I lay on the earth and literally I just start spinning. And what happens, it's a pretty intense experience. I don't want to make it sound fun at all because it is not. So what happens is like I vomit and I go into this whole like crazy place. So that happens. And so I'm laid out. I like crawl to the house because I refuse to let Sam carry me. So I crawl to the house and I get on the couch and I lay on the couch and doing all of this stuff while breastfeeding a baby is just, if anybody's ever been sick while breastfeeding, it's just the worst. And this is like times 10. So doing all of this stuff. And then I'm on the couch for two days. And the first day that I start to, so it's, it's like obviously not a coincidence. This happens on the Equinox with my drum. Like I opened some sort of like portal or whatever, right? So I'm on the couch for two days. And after on this, I think the morning, the third, the third evening, I had like started to feel better like the third day and was up like walking around and like doing stuff, but still feeling pretty swimmy. So that evening, my family's all sitting really close together. I'm on the couch still, but they're on the floor like around me and we're really close together, hanging out, having this conversation. And there's this crazy storm outside. And all of a sudden, this, (laughs) I'm not even shitting you how crazy this was, a freaking lightning bolt came in our house. And it was like, you know, that picture of um, like the, the nuclear bomb, it's like a mushroom cloud. This was like that, but it was light. It was a blue light and it did this mushroom cloud and then like went like right next to me or whatever. And then five seconds later, lightning, like it didn't strike outside, but it, you know, we saw lightning outside or whatever because the storm. And I was like, all right, that one was definitely inside. And that other one, because that other one was definitely outside. Like we saw it outside happening. Right. And I was like, dude, we just channeled lightning. This is crazy. You know, I was like, what the hell is happening? And so then fast forward, like three or four days later, I get on this mentorship call with my mentor. And the first thing she says to me is Cameron, how are you channeling lightning in your life today? And I was like, I fucking channeled lightning, man. I'm not kidding. I something happened. Like this is weird. So I don't even know, like, that's as like far into it as I can go because it just gets weirder. (laughs) But like, that has been my life lately. I have no freaking clue what's happening, but I'm pretty confident that I'm just like getting ready to like explode into a million pieces and become something completely different. And I don't know what that's going to be. And it totally scares the shit out of me. And I'm like getting to the point where I'm so pissed off that these experiences keep happening where I'm like, bring it on, you know, like, let's get, let's get it over with because I'm ready for this initiation to be complete. Like I'm fucking done with it. It's so it's happened. This dizzy thing has happened like Mm. four times in the last year. Mm. And it, it is inconvenient for my family. Honestly, like it just, everything has to stop because I am the person who takes care of everybody. So when I'm out, like, it's just really hard for my family. So I'm ready for it to be done. And it's that same feeling like when I was pushing my baby out, when I had my baby in November, right before she came out, I remember talking to somebody, whoever the gatekeeper is, I was like, bring it on motherfucker. I'm ready to see this baby. Like I was so done. I was like, get this fucking baby out. I'm ready to see this baby. And that's how I feel right now. I'm like, bring it on, like get through it. So, which is also really terrifying in itself to be like, because you know it's coming. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. And um, I don't know okay. if anybody can relate. <laughs> wow. I wasn't expecting that. Um, I haven't had uh, any anything quite that 
notably intense, I don't think, in that way. Um, <clears throat> but when you were talking about having, you know, like the trippier uh, experiences, the only thing that I've noticed, um, it makes me think of the vagina book that we read in our book club however long ago where she was talking about after like a really good lovemaking session she felt the sense of like connection and like the trees were the, the leaves and the trees and the colors were brighter and the sounds were more beautiful and all that i those are the moments that i have when i'm feeling like something shifting um and i had it after yoga today driving home uh just this sort of like real still presence um I feel it's funny because I feel like my I have been feeling I have been feeling like something's coming for a long time, like something really, really big is coming for uh, like years. And I keep thinking I'm like, I'm there. I'm like so close. I'm almost there. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then it's just like, you know, like nothing, nothing explosive happens, like nothing like what you're describing. Um, and yet I look at my life and I look at who I am and how I feel in myself. And I'm like, well, clearly something happened or yeah. something's happening or has been happening or is still in process, but, um, it's just so subtle or so continuous, or maybe because I'm, you know, like you can't see the forest for the trees. Like I'm so just in my work all the time mm -hmm. that I'm not, um, and I mean, I'm still not having experiences like you described, but, but just because I'm maybe the nature of the way that I'm approaching things, I'm not feeling like I'll feel the buildup. And then it's like, you know, there might be a big shift, but I don't, it's not this like explosive thing. Um, but I really feel, uh, like I had a huge shift this past weekend. Um, and, and it's like, I guess it's funny because in, in a way, I still feel something coming. I know, I know things are going to be changing, um, but I, I feel, how do I describe this? It's like a preparation. Like I'm, I feel like I'm being prepared or like I'm, I am, I'm ready for what's hap what's going to happen next, but I'm ready in a whole different way than I've been like air quotes ready in the past where I'm like, like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm done. I'm just, I'm so ready to up level. I'm so ready for the next thing. I'm, you know, for a long time, I was like, I'm so ready for this kind of relationship, you know, or whatever. And, um, I've carried actually that one in particular, I've carried for the last couple months and I had a huge transition around it this weekend where what I realized is that I have been like egoically ready, um, where I'm like, I see my growth. I see where I am. I feel really strong. I feel really in my power and I'm like, get after it kind of thing. Um, but then like the things that I think should be unfolding don't unfold. And what happened this weekend was a real, um, I guess I got, I got really connected with some really deep pain and like primary wounds. Um, and, and it was like, it was something where I wasn't going after it. It was something where I didn't have the intention of like, I'm going to heal this. I'm going to look at this. I'm going to work on this, but it's something that I've been aware of and been approaching and been working on. Um, but I just sort of made a series of choices this weekend about, um, you know, connecting with certain people and 
Um, and what ended up happening was just that I connected with these really deep emotions and just allowed myself to grieve and to pour out what I was feeling, to speak what I was feeling. And, and then things just started shifting in this really unexpected, subtle way where I, I, I got really clear that I, this, this idea that I had about like, I want this particular kind of relationship, but I'm ready for it. And I like, this is what I'm like, I'm not going to settle for anything else. And then I realized that while that's true, my way of getting there is like a very mind driven idea about what it's supposed to be or how it's supposed to look or who it's supposed to be with or, um, how I'm going to get there. I don't know. So it was like, it's this big surrendering process mm -hmm. for me where I feel, um, like I keep, I keep people, I've had multiple people recently, like, have you surrendered this? Have you surrendered this thing? I'm like, that's what I've been doing. That's all I've been doing. I'm like, <laughs> like, come on, God, I can't do this. Bring this person, you know, thinking that that's what I've been doing. Um, and realizing, in fact, that's not really at all what I've been doing. Um, I mean, I had to break through a lot of layers, but I, and so I was in this process of trying to let go of it more and more and more, but just seeing how much I was still holding on and getting to a, a much more genuine place of surrender, I think around it, where I see like, I actually, if I'm, if I'm cutting off this or I'm cutting off that, or I'm limiting it here, limiting it there, that's still me trying to control the situation. Mm -hmm. And, um, there are actually way more possibilities here. Like the, the really, everybody talks about this with surrender about how it's like, it's the most active, powerful choice you can make and how it's like not this passive, like, um, uh, apathetic choice, you know? And I, I haven't, it's like, if you don't experience it, then you can't really yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, and so I couldn't, I like, I got that conceptually, but I couldn't feel it. And so where I'm at with it now is seeing how much, seeing how much more, um, I guess powerful is the word, but like how much more powerful I feel now around the situation. Cause it's like, ah, oh, I don't actually, I don't have to manage any of this. I don't have to control any of this because I, and I can't, I yeah. am not at, at the ultimate choice here. Like I'm at choice about like my choice is to choose to trust. And I have been trusting, but to like, to a point. And this next level that I've come to is an awareness that um, my, my choosing, like really getting it, that what it, more understanding what it means to trust, that I'm actually like handing the reins over to some greater intelligence and, and really trusting that that intelligence loves me. I think that's really what it is. That's a huge part of what it is. It's trusting that that intelligence loves me and that I'm going to be okay, that I'm in safe hands, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think that that piece has been really, really hard for me um, because I've never trusted that I'm in safe hands in this context with men particularly. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's like, it feels like things are getting big and there's a lot moving, but it's like, it's, you know, it's like the louder you go, the quieter it gets. My daughter yeah. talks about this. She's like, we, she kind of interpreted a situation one day when we were driving 
in a, in her own funny way where she thought because of how I was talking, she thought like we were going, we, she's like, it's so funny. Cause it's like that time when we went that place where the faster we went, the later we were, or the slower we were to get there, the later we were, but now the, the slower we go, the faster we get there. So it's like this, you know, juxtaposed or oxymoronic situation. And like, that's how this feels. It's like, yeah, there's more happening. There's more energy. There's more intensity. And it's like, and everything is settling down and getting really still and quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that too. And every day when I do my morning practice, I, I ask like, okay, what should I be doing today? And it's always like, just chill, just like rest, like rest is what yeah. I get a lot. And I'm like, seriously, like, I feel like I rest all the time, but there's such big work done being done. Um, that's not in this necessarily in this. I mean, I do, I do a lot of work in the physical as well, but there's a lot of spiritual work being done as well, obviously. <laughs> um, but that, that surrendering thing, you know, I've talked about that before too, that it's, that it, it, it was always felt defeatist to me, you know, mm-hmm. like surrendering and what changed it is like thinking of it more as like being in the flow. Like mm-hmm. when you're in the flow of like the current of a river, for example, you are surrendering, you know, and you can kind of like stick your foot out and direct the traffic this way or that way. But if you get, if it gets like, uh, I used to do like whitewater kayaking a lot. And if you really wanted to go a certain way, you were just going to cause like a huge mess. If you were in the middle of a rapid, right. You just had to go the way that the water took you because the water knew the best way to go. And, uh, the, the way that the water went, the channel was deeper. So the the kayak would go through easier than like, I don't want to go through that rapid. Like I'd rather go over here, you know, in this little gentle part, but it doesn't actually work that way. So like surrender for me, I've just reframed it as like being in the flow, but there is, I feel like there's so much that I've learned around that in relationships with my family, like my, in my house, like my partner, my children. And, um, especially with the partner thing, because I had that same thing, like you're talking about, and I still get into that. Like, this is how it's going to be, da, 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 which is like this really masculine, like, you know, like, and, and I watch my partner do that. I watch him say, this is how it's going to be and da, 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 and it works for him. And every time I try to do that, it does not work for me because that's not my power, right? Like that's not the place that I have power. And I'll go out and like tell people, you know, how it's going to be like in, like say I'm dealing with a utility company or whatever. I'm like, no, actually this is what's going to happen. And they're like, no girl, that's not what's going to happen. And I'm like, damn it. I got to figure out a different way because I never get what I want. And then like, Sam will call, like he did this thing where he called this, there's this tower over here down like a couple miles from our house. And it had these lights blinking on it that were white and they were blinking at night. And I was like, this is annoying. I cannot sleep with this bright white light, like two miles away, just lighting up our entire hillside. And so he calls and they're like, oh, that's not supposed to happen. We'll change that. So they change it to red. I was like, I would have called and done that. They would have been like, you're like, crazy. Like, we don't know what you're talking about. Whatever I would, I know, I know that would have happened because I've done stuff like that before. And they're like, no, we're not going to respond. So it doesn't work for me, but what I, and, and, and I will say like in context of my relationship with my partner, there are very often times where I'm like, man, I love this person unconditionally. And I do not love his ego, like, because the ego, our ego is like, you know, has its own ideas of how things are going to be. And he does this, like, will do this, like, classical, 
man, uh, well, the, the other day, he said, literally said that men were stronger than women. And I'm like, whoa, dude. Like, I thought I, I thought we were over this like 10 years ago. Like, I can't believe you just said that. And then we couldn't even have a conversation about it because he like left because he left because he knew he was wrong, you know? And I'm like, you don't like strength because strength is not just the physical, right? Like there are strengths that I have that like listening to a screaming baby for five hours that he just cannot do. Like pushing a baby out with no help on my own, like he couldn't do with, deal with any of it, right? So obviously I have my own strengths. But in that moment, I was like, I had a flare up where I was like, oh man, am I going to leave this man right now? <laughs> like, I can't believe he just said that. And what, and I get, and I've had the, I have these moments a couple times a year where I am just like, I do not love this ego right now. And I just am like, every time I pray about it, the, the response I get is always just like patience, just be patient. And that's how I've come to surrender is like just allowing myself to be patient that this person is on their own journey too. And like, I, he doesn't need me to tell me when he's wrong because he knows when he's wrong. Like he knows that that wasn't right. He knows that that's not true. Right. But it makes him, his ego feel better when he can, it's that, it's a classic, it's a classic programming. Like men have to feel big by making other people feel small. Like that is like the classic old way of being a man. Right. And that's just his demon that lives in there. And, you know, I flush that stuff out like of him, I bring it up for him to deal with. So for me, I just always try to remember that, that like, cause there's stuff all the time and it's less so now we've been together 10 years, but in the beginning of our relationship, man, we used to have like, you know, serious battles, just like yelling at each other. And I'd be like, rah, 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 rah. this is how it's going to be. Rah, 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 rah. And we just don't do that now. Like we don't, there's no like yelling or anything like that happening. It's actual conversations, but it took, you know, 10 years to get to that point. And the only reason that I have ever stayed is because I pray about it. And I have to trust that like the higher power, my higher self, however you want to say it, the creator has a broader eagle eye view than I could ever have. And so, and trusting, trusting that, the universe is friendly and the universe has wants me to succeed because the universe does not like God, the universe, whatever does not create us to fail. That's not how it works. When you look out in nature, nothing in nature is created to fail. Like there's no martyr. There's no trees that are created to be weaker than other trees so that they can take the brunt of all everybody's shit and the other trees don't. That's not how it works. Like everything in nature is created to succeed. And also death is part of life. Like things die, you know, parts of us die and it's this whole thing. And that's really it's all nuance. It's all subtleties. And it's like, you can't, you cannot ever be in the mindset of black and white. Like it has to be this way or that way. And I mean, that's the thing with manifesting, right? Like you have to say what you want, be really clear about it. And then you have to like, it's like a dandelion seed, like blow it out into the wind and let it come to you. Like, just be ready to receive the seed as it gets implanted in you and you, and the dandelion grows. Like you just have to let it go. But that is really hard because we want, you know, to control. I know that I'm a total, like, I'm totally in that control thing. I'm like, but I get slapped upside the head all the time when I get into that because things get really hard. Like when I try to control my kid 
and make mm. her be or do the way that I want to be, like, then I end up seeing parts of myself that I don't like, and I don't want to be that person. And yeah. like, I'm just finally to the point where I'm like, no, I'm not anything that like raises my blood pressure or irritates me. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I used to think that that was like, you know, quote, spiritual bypassing, which now I realize that that whole term is BS because we're spirits. We don't, you don't get out of doing your work. Like the whole yeah. point of your life is to do your work and you don't get out of it at all ever. So it just comes to you in a different um, packet or whatever, but yeah. So now I just realize if it's something that I don't want to mess with or brings me not joy, brings me anything but joy, like I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And that is totally okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, hear it's that. Like changing your lane, you know, like, yeah, I'm just going to go over here. Why would I deal with all of that? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, I think that that's one thing that between going to the Joe Dispenza week-long retreat in January and then changing my diet to more pro-metabolic <laughs> between those two things. Um, the last couple months have, have totally redirected me in, in that um, sphere of like getting clear, clearer and clearer and more um, able to manage which lane I'm in, <laughs> and, you know, regardless of my surroundings. And I've had some really, really intense emotional stuff coming at me from my kid the last couple months. Um, and I, one thing that I held for a lot of them in my head was Joe Dispenza talking about like, you know, when you go home, people are going to be doing their thing. Like people are going to be spouting off about stuff. They're going to be upset. They're going to be whatever. And it's like, don't dive in with them. You don't have to go there with them. You get to just be like, oh yeah, you can do that. I'm just going to stay right here. It feels better to be like in this space in my heart and just, you know, yeah, you can do whatever you want to do and you can do whatever it feels you need to do, but I'm, I'm going to hang out in this because this feels better. And I like tried that out a couple of times with her when she was like, it was really going hard. And it's like, wow, I mean, this whole thing is still happening and it's still really intense. And I, uh, it does feel better <laughs> to just keep breathing in and out of my heart because that feeling always exists within inside of me. And if I choose to go there, I can. Um, but then changing how I eat uh, has so, I'm like, I'm so excited about this and the future of this for me because I feel like all this, all of this deep spiritual work I've been doing for the last several years um, and, um, and like, especially I would say all of the meditations and stuff from the last year plus with Joe Dispenza has really, really worked at my brain and like attuning myself to how to navigate situations differently and be with myself differently and be with people differently and live much more in joy and more from my heart. Um, but still carrying this like chronic stress load that I didn't seem to be able to really like hold the charge of, of keeping in check. Like it just, it was, it's, it was so much, so much effort to get myself out of a sympathetic response of a stress response. And so like changing the way I eat has, I, I can just now being like so down regulated most of the time, 
I feel so much calmer. And so I'm so much more able to be aware of when there are adrenaline spikes or when something crops up that's like, I don't like how this feels and I don't want to feel this. Like I had a, something happen maybe two weekends ago where it's just, I had just sort of like was spinning myself out on stress of because I was wanting something to happen and eventually realized that I was like getting way upset. And it just like, I don't, I don't want to be upset. I don't do this. You know, I don't get upset like this now. And so I went out into the grass and I just wanted to lay down. So I laid down with my back in the grass and just what came up, which this was a big breakthrough because I, anger is like where I've gone so much. And then it's kind of like a wall. Like I can't get break through that anger and I've broken through the anger and to so much more softness. And where I came to was crying that I don't want to feel like this. It's not like, I don't want this to be happening. I hate this and blah, blah. It's like, I don't want to feel like this. The problem is that I feel like this and I don't want to feel like this anymore. And that was huge because that brings it right home. And that brings it out of any possibility for, um, you know, like the stress response where your, your, your focus gets narrowed and you're looking at the three-dimensional reality and trying to manage it and change it and figure out how I can tweak it here and how I can tweak it here so that this dynamic shifts or this thing changes. And so I can change my outer reality so that my outer reality feels better so that my internal reality can feel better. And what I got to was that coming home place of like the only problem here is that I don't like how I feel. And so that's the only thing that I need to address. I don't need to take, like nothing else needs to change. I don't need to take care of anything else. I don't fix anything else. I don't need to go deal with my daughter. I don't need to like, I don't need to do anything. I just got to change how I feel. Um, and so that's been really cool. And to, to have that awareness, to get to that place and then to really be seeing how, um, how I can like be so much more, um, responsive to my own needs and my own stresses. And if I notice that I'm feeling stress to just address it as that and, uh, and nothing else. And like I had, Oh man, she's been waking up a lot in the middle of the night. And I was like, I naively thought we were done with that. <laughs> I was like so excited that I thought we were done with like the multiple wake ups at night and we're going through that again. So that's been really hard. And, um, and I have like ridden the wave pretty well, but the last few nights it has just felt, I think like kind of wore me down and, you know, like, okay, I thought, like, aren't we done with this yet? Can we just move through this? And I had to really have like a whole big conversation with myself in the middle of the night, because one thing I've realized, so between through, with this eating, the pro-metabolic eating, you eat a bedtime snack and, um, I'm working with somebody now, <clears throat> Um, and she was just saying how, like, since I'm so chronically stressed, I've been so chronically stressed so intensely, like I, my through life, life stuff. And then just through the way I was eating, um, because I was definitely restricting carbohydrates, um, that my body doesn't probably have a, have it on lockdown, like how to store glucose or whatever the whole thing that liver does. Um, and, and so I probably just need to eat more like way more sugar at night before I go to bed. And so I've been doing that. So I drink warm milk and honey and I've been like, I have to take a tablespoon of honey in my, in my cup of milk, which is actually really delicious. Um, <laughs> insider dip, <laughs> but 
I, I, what I realized is that when I wake up, it's like, that would be good. If she would sleep through the night, then I would probably be good to go. My sleeping has way improved just in the last um, couple of weeks. It's so much better, like so much better, like better than it's ever been in my entire life. I'm so excited. And now my daughter's waking up in the middle of the night and throwing the whole thing off. So what I realized is that if I, if I wake up and I have to get her back to bed, like I'm okay. But then if she calls me back in and I have to go back in again, my stress levels start to rise. And then if she calls me back in, my stress level gets higher and higher and higher. And then I notice that I'm hungry. And, and I'm like, well, fuck, because I don't want to go downstairs and eat something in the middle of the night. Like, I just want to go back to bed. <laughs> and um, so anyway, realizing like, so now, so then, then the Joe Dispenza kicks in, right? So I've got like the food things. I'm aware that I'm now hungry because my body's going, you're stressed and you need to like, you need to downregulate. And one way to do that is to go get some glucose in your system. But I don't want to get up and go get some glucose in my system. So then I acknowledge like, okay, I am stressed. Then I can see that I'm stressed. I see what's happening. And then I can choose to downregulate and say, I'm not going to go downstairs and get food, but I'm going to tell my body that I'm okay. And I'm going to acknowledge like, yeah, I'm super stressed and I'm going to breathe in and out of my heart and I'm going to get in bed. And one thing that I <clears throat> notice is that, and I've, I've watched this for years because I remember when I like had a massive kind of healing period of several months, about a decade ago, um, I intentionally would fall asleep. I would lay on my back to go to sleep with like Shavasana, basically like legs played out, arms splayed out, you know, palms up, no pillow, just like totally open, right? Open and surrendered. <clears throat> and I would start doing like a head scan and, you know, I would start doing a body scan. And by the time I got like to my neck, I was asleep and I was, um, so I've been aware of that. Like, okay, when I'm really in this connected place of, you know, good energy with myself, I can fall asleep like that. <laughs> and I, I, for years after my daughter was born, I have not been able to fall asleep on my back. And it's, so I watch how I sleep. I watch what I need for comfort in how I sleep. And lately I've been able to do that, to just lay like that and, and breathe in and out of my heart and very quickly fall asleep. So what I realized was this whole middle of the night thing, like I'm, my stress is rising, I'm hungry and I, the whole thing. And I have a body pillow, like one of those long pillows. And I started to lay on my back. This is the other, this is the other cool thing about where I'm at with stuff. Cause I'm like, I'm a crazy dogma person. Always have been. <laughs> and I like get into something like, this is it. This is the answer. You do all these things. And you know, and I love knowing all the things and the tips and the whatever. So I get, I can get very dogmatic, um, which I think goes hand in hand with black and white thinking, which I have also been very good at. <laughs> um, but so I, me, old me would have gotten in bed and well, actually like two weeks ago, one week ago, me, I don't know, this is an ever unfolding <laughs> process, but I, I, I had a big weekend, but I would have gotten in bed, laid on my back. And what I experience is I get, this is like, I don't know, I have not known what it is, this crazy energy in my thighs and in my IT bands and my quads. And it's just so irritating and I cannot relax and I cannot go to sleep. And so for years I get tennis balls and I lay on my side and I put them on under my IT bands so that they're like digging in as hard as you can. Like what most people would think is like excruciating pain. I'm like, Oh, thank God I can go to sleep now. Cause it's like so overstimulating that I can just relax. Um, so anyway, I've been doing that for years and I've been doing that up until like, I mean, I was doing it last week. Um, and so I had this episode 
I don't know. <laughs> the nights they all blend together, as I'm sure you yes. are experiencing. <laughs> um, but I, so I had this experience where I fell asleep at the beginning of the night on my back, breathing in my heart, very relaxed, and then had this like round after round of coming into my daughter's room and trying to help her and get her back to sleep and the whole thing. And by the end, I was like so aggravated and so stressed and so hungry. And so I went and I got in bed and I went to lay on my back and relax. And I was like, you know what? I'm fucking stressed and I can't just open right now. I need comfort. That's why I would go eat, but I'm not going to go eat. And so I got my body pillow and I just totally accepted, like I'm stressed. I need comfort. I'm going to comfort myself. And it's this whole thing about like adults, you know, like a self-soothing thing. And I had a boyfriend at one point who talked about self-soothing and I was like, kind of like weirded out by that. Cause he was like a grown man talking about self-soothing, which just sounded weird to me. Um, but it's like, I get it now I get, but that's what we do. We do that, you know, unconsciously we're always doing that, but this was so awesome to just recognize it and say, Oh, I just need to feel comfort right now. And if I lay on my side and I hug this body pillow, I'm going to feel way more comfort than if I just try to be like, but it's okay. I'm okay. I can surrender and relax and breathe in and out of my heart. And, and so, you know, this whole thing about being greater than your environment. And I, I, I think, I think I've had certain kinds of ideas about what that means. That's a, a Joe Dispenza term to, you know, be greater than your environment. And I think in a way, me choosing to soothe my stress with a body pillow actually was me being greater than my environment. It was recognizing the need and then taking care of it and not taking it out on anybody else and not holding on to it and internalizing it in any way. It was just like, this is just what's happening right now. And I could like fight against it and try to overcome it in this maybe kind of masculine way. Um, or I could just like allow myself the comfort of this body pillow and fall asleep and then I'll get the sleep I need and I don't have to be stressed anymore. Yeah. And everybody's no. happier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I remember, I don't know, probably sometime five plus years ago before we ever had a kid, I remember wanting to do some big adventure or whatever. Cause Sam and I used to just travel and hitchhike and backpack and do all this stuff. And I wanted to do some big adventure and that was going to have like no comfort. And I remember Sam saying to me, I think that you don't quite know how much comfort you actually need. And I was really offended by that. And now I look at my life and my entire life is built around comfort. Like I have a fire in my wood stove and like we bought a new wood stove two years ago that had a window because we wanted to look at the fire because it's comforting. I drink hot cacao every morning, not because I need it, because it's comforting. I am like this hazelnut butter thing I'm making total comfort food, man. I just eat like a spoonful of hazelnut chocolate butter stuff and put it in my cacao drink. It's like over the top. It's amazingly comforting. Everything I do, you know, like the sheets that we have on our bed, I'm always just thinking about comfort and the way, like I've just learned, like learned to embrace it because yeah, I've been, I was uncomfortable for all of my life, you know, like totally uncomfortable. And so now when I go out into the world, it's uncomfortable. So I will have one place 
where I am totally comfortable. And that is my house. This is my lair. Like, you know, I'm the lioness and this is my, this is the place where I live and I will be comfortable in it. And yes, I have crazy signs on my door that nobody likes that say, take your shoes off, turn your cell phone off, like whatever, like wash your hands before you touch my kid, like all kinds of stuff. I put up signs randomly all the time, just based on a whim because of how I need to feel in my space at any given time. And I know people are just like, like family mostly is just like, what in the world? She's got a new sign up, but I'm like, I have, it's funny because I have made signs my entire life. When I was a little tiny child and we would have big Sunday dinners with my whole family. Like this is something we did every Sunday for my whole childhood. It was me who made signs to put everywhere. I put place names for everywhere and told everybody where they could sit. I put signs on the door about how people should behave when they come in. And this is my hillbilly ass family. That's just like, but they, appeased me because they, I put so much effort into decorating these signs and like putting signs. I put signs where the bathroom were. Everybody knows where the bathroom's at in grandma's house, but I had to put signs up. Right. So I just look at that now. I'm like, this is what I do. I make signs. It's something that I've always been doing because I want people to understand clearly what's going to happen when you walk through this threshold, you know? So it's like, and I don't want to have to be telling people all the time. Like I hate mm -hmm. repeating myself. So I don't want to have to be, be like, take your shoes off turn off your phone, do this, do that. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want to have to do all that crap. So I put signs up and, uh, you know, like my mom, when she comes, she knows, like they just, they just know that that's just how I am or whatever. But it's funny because Sam's family is just like, Oh, it's a new sign. And like, they don't even read the signs. They just walk into my house and I'm like, no, you need to go back and read that sign because it said very clearly, like, this is what you do, but they're learning. Like they bring house shoes now so that they can put their house shoes on when they come inside instead of wearing their dirty shoes. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's so funny. And the other thing I was thinking of too, is I love these moments where we can, we get like a clear picture of, oh, old me, like me two weeks ago or five years ago would have done this thing and new me is not going to do this thing because I'm choosing not to do that thing or because I've already made the choice enough times that now I have this new habit of how I handle this situation. And I had this, um, I had this now hilarious at the time, not hilarious um, situation this week with a utility company where it was just like, Ugh, it was just crazy. You know, I said earlier in the, in the episode, I don't like dealing with these people, but so I had to go to a, a nearby city to get this utility situation worked out. And I'm not even going to say the company because I hate them and I don't want to even put their name out there. So I'm just going to say, I'm not going to say their name, but, um, I had to go deal with them. So I don't have a cell phone. So I don't have like GPS or anything like that. So I literally write down the directions before I go somewhere and I go there. And if I get mixed up on my way, then I'm like tapping into source. And I've done this my whole life. I'm just like, God, tell me how to get to this place. And I've learned to be really specific because sometimes I used to just be like, I want to go to this place. And then I would go like in a huge circle and then like two hours later end up in that place. So now I'm like, I want to get to the closest, easiest to get to, less stressful place of this, you know, of what I need to do. I need to get there. So I did this and I went to this city and it, it's like a disgusting city. 
it's just run down and just nasty. And everywhere I drove was just a shithole. And I go to this first store and it's a shithole. And I'm like, I'm not stopping there because well, one, they weren't even open, but I was like, I'm not going to wait for them to open up. So I'm like, I'm just going to drive. Now that was the one I had the address to. Now I'm just going to drive and see where I end up. So I'm like, I need to get to this store, this utility place or whatever and show me how to get there. So I'm driving and about the time I got to the point, I was like, you know, I really don't wanna do this. I don't wanna do it. I'm done doing this. I don't wanna drive around all day. And I turned and looked to my left and there was the store I needed. So I'm like, oh, cool, I'm going in there. So I go in there and it was a nice, it was probably the nicest place in the whole city, honestly. It was like a nice store, whatever. So I go in there and I'm like talking to this guy. And of course, you know, people who work for in like customer service in this crappy city suck. And they're just like, totally lackadaisical and apathetic, like apparently most people are that are not listening to this podcast. But um, so I'm like talking to this guy and I can tell he like kind of wants to help me, but doesn't really want to put the effort into helping me. So he's like, I'm really sorry I can't help you, but you can go to this other place that's another one of our place stores and they can help you. And I was like, all right, he gives me terrible directions. So I'm driving around. And finally I was like, why am I taking his directions? God, please get me to this place. I need to get to this place and I need to make it quick. So God leads me there and I end up at this place and I'm like, cool. I, and I don't know this city, by the way, I've been to this city one time to one place before this. So I have no idea where I'm going. So but God does. So I get there and I end up at this place and I, another, I drive up there and it's like this dark, dingy, God, this terrible place. I'm like, oh man, I don't want to go in there. So I have my baby. So I'm taking my baby into this place. I'm like, man, this place sucks. I go in there and I honestly, it was like, I went into the guy who was working there. He, he was like, imagine him being like some sort of gamer who like stays in his basement all day. And that's like what this store looked like. It was just this dark, dingy, like there were no lights on in there. It was just like gross. And so I get there and he's like, yeah, I can do this for you, but it's not going to work. Like, and he, you can pay me $35 to do it for you, but it's not going to work. And I'm like, then can I get my money back? And he's like, no, this company's not going to give you your money back, but like, I can do this for you, but it's not going to work. I tried this with another lady and it didn't work. And I was like, hold up. So I haven't gotten my money's worth yet. And you want me to give me 35? So it was this whole thing, right? And old me would have just been like, you know, it's like went off on this guy, but I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, this person, I'm assuming it's a person. I don't even know because all I can see is from here up, but he's just like this lump of existence, like this lump of tissue. And I'm like, how am I supposed to see God in this person? I'm like getting super worked up. I'm like, how the F am I supposed to see God in this person? This is not God. This is like a lump of tissue of some sort of creature. I have no idea what this person, what this thing is. So I leave and I'm kind of pissed. I have no idea how I'm going to get out of the city. So I pray again, I get out of the city and I get home. And on, as I'm driving home, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm not going to say anything about this to Sam because I don't want to take this shit home with me. And I'm driving home and I'm like, I fucking hate this place. I hate this city. I will never come back here. I will never deal with this company again. I will figure out a way to not have this utility service and to find something else. Like I hate this and I don't want to be angry about this. I don't want to even be sitting in this stew. And it made me realize like this city that I was in and this company that I was dealing with, I had dealt, I had had an account with them like three years before 
So I had like been in this frequency, like the city that I was in was very similar to the neighborhoods I used to live in, like super like run down and just crap neighborhoods. And back then I was like, this is cool. You know, like I can deal with these people and there's like drama outside my house all the time, but it's exciting. Like whatever, you know, like I have to call the cops on my neighbor all the time. Back then I had just like talked to myself, like this is normal behavior, right? That like you call your co- call, call the cops on your neighbors and like everybody lives in a shithole. Um, And now I'm driving through it and I'm realizing how much I hate it and how much I don't want to be here. And it's disgusting. And I'm like, oh, me six years ago lived in this, this environment, this shithole environment in another place, but I lived in this and now I'm disgusted by being here. Like, look how far I've come. So I'm like, I'm not going to go home and tell Sam about this. Like, I'm just Mm -hmm. not going to bring this energy home with me. Right. So, but then by the time I get home, Sam's like, of course, well, what happened? And so my uncle, I have this wonderful uncle who's, who's gone now, but he was so funny and like would just make comedy out of anything. And just like, he would just talk shit, like just talk shit. And it was just the funniest thing you ever saw. So something horrible might happen to him, but he would just tell this hilarious story and just like talk shit about it. So I'm like, I'm going to channel uncle Pat right now. Like, I'm just going to tell Sam in this hilarious way of what happened. And I just start going off and I'm just like diva out. I'm like this fat lump of a man and blah, 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 blah. And I just like go on this whole thing. And I felt so great. And I felt like this is exactly like, I just, transmuted this energy to this hilarious thing but like really those people are living a life that is not funny to me it's like disgusting and horrible and this utility company the whole thing is horrible and but like now i've just made light of it so like i took all the power out of it right so there was no charge of being angry at all and then on top like right after that i was like okay cameron what do you actually want because now you don't have this service that you were wanting but like so how are you going to get what you want and i'm like oh, I'm not even going to call them to cancel that because I don't want to even talk to the people on the phone. So I'm just going to go through my credit card company and be like, I don't want this service because credit cards are great now. They'll just like delete that shit. They're like, you don't have to pay for that. And my company, my credit card company will do that. So I like, we did that. And then I was like, this is what I want. So I call my, this other utility company that I already have. And I'm like, this is what I want. How can I do it? And he tells me a free way to do what I want. So like, I don't have, I didn't have to pay any of the money that I wanted to pay to get this extra service or whatever. And it was like this whole great thing. And I just realized like, I never would have gotten to the point where I would have figured out how to get it for free. Like, I didn't even think of that this time. Like, how can I do this for free? I was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna have to pay money to get this service added on. And I didn't have to. And it was all because I chose not to be like this raging biatch, like Mm -hmm. raging out at this guy and just be like funny about it and like make light of it and let go of it and be like, that's just like you were saying, I don't want to feel this way. How do I want to feel? And like, Mm -hmm. what do I actually want? Instead of bitching about what I don't want, like, what is it that I actually want and be really specific. And I got really specific and I got exactly what I wanted for free. Like I didn't have to pay. So it's just like this great thing. And it's so like, you know, seems so mundane and like so worldly or whatever, like material, but like that was a spiritual process. Like I just manifested that. Like I was like, ding, this is what I want. I plugged in the components and I got what I, exactly what I wanted and I didn't have to do shit for it. So it's just, I don't know. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Um, that's, I feel, I feel like, yeah, you're saying, you know, it's a mundane thing, but it's totally a spiritual process. Like that, that really is just an incredible, um, 
it's just a, it's a great it's a great story for that kind of experience to just show to show to to lay it all out kind of how it works you know what what we do what the choice that we can make the power that we have um and while you were talking about it i was just thinking about i had a conversation this morning um briefly just about how like it, it can be it's your state of being like that city is analogous to like a lot of people's just general state of being and they're in it just like the people who live in that environment in that city are just in it and maybe like cannot see that there is another choice or another option or a world outside of that and that's how we get so locked into our states of being that we think that's who we are and we can't see you know, like, oh, well, I'm really smart and I'm analytical and I, you know, I can see through people and I, so I judge and I'm, you know, but I'm really smart. And so I just know more than, you know, like you could be like that. It's like, well, yeah, you could, you could have those skills, like where you're really smart and intellectual and you can think through things clearly and have like this great, you know, problem solving mind, but that doesn't mean you have to be like a judging asshole. <laughs> like these are just attributes, you know, but you could have an entirely different state of being where you could be open and loving, and then you could use those faculties for an entirely different purpose, you know, and, but we just sort of lump it all together and think like, this is, this is the entire package complete and, and not see that like, well, actually this is a city and it's surrounded by a plethora of different kinds of suburbs and rural areas and agricultural communities and, you know, like wealthy people and other you know, poor people or what I, that's just like, that's just, there's just everybody, like there's every other way to be outside of the microcosm that we live in and once we it's but it's always it's like that first the first choice is the hardest to make right you're like you're you're like in it and you're you know you're choosing like as you go but you're still sort of like choosing within the confines of the boundaries of that microcosm of the mire and the mm -hmm. muck and so you're not really getting anywhere like you're trying to improve the situation, but you're still locked into that paradigm. And then you have this like breakthrough moment of awareness of like, I don't want to be a part of any of this. I want to wash this dirt off my boots and I want to go, you know, run in the cleaner waters or whatever. And, and, and that, but that choice of liberation is like, <laughs> Uh, it's always going to come back to Joe Spencer. I don't know how to do anything <laughs> else. He's just so on it. He's so amazing. But like a clear intention with an elevated emotion, you marry those two and you shift your state of being, you shift the energy and you open the door to infinite possibilities. And what happens? You keep surrendering to that process. You keep making that choice. You keep aligning with it. You channel uncle Pat instead of getting down, you know, like bringing the shit home and you keep going and you, you choose to create your external environment as a reflection of the choice you've made in your internal environment. Like, right. You change your state of being and you'll start to see the effects in your external environment, more Joe Dispenza. And, and then there's this cascade of unfolding of ease flow and then manifestation of a greater possibility than you could even have imagined. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I love it. And I, I really feel like people who are, you know, if you're just getting into like manifesting or whatever, creating your reality, starting with those simple things, it's totally, you got to do it because if you start yes. out with like a huge thing, no. you know, like manifesting a million dollars, which you can do, 
But if you start out with that and you don't have, you haven't like honed the skill and then you flop, then you're like, oh, well, see, it doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. It works for everybody else, but not for me. And then you get all butthurt and, you know, <laughs> feel all yeah, sad you gotta go through. It. You got to go through life 101. Like you yeah. got to start at the basics. You know, you got to work your way, build on top of, you know, layer on top of layer of trust in the process of trust that it's going to take you somewhere. Yeah. I used to do this when I first became a mom, I was like, man, I just want to work on my spiritual game every day. Like, why do I have to deal with his kid? <laughs> it was like, yeah, so funny, right? Like this is me. I was just like, why do I have to deal with this damn kid who's getting in my way? And all I want to do is like work on my spiritual game, man. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, the mundane is the yeah. extraordinary. The mundane yeah. is the extraordinary. Like that is yeah. like the little ordinary things when we get into our life and we feel like it's boring and ordinary, like that's the meat, like that's where it's at. And I mean, I just, now I just have the most profound things around that little stuff like that, because it's, I just embrace that. I'm like, okay, this is the life of a, this is how I embraced it in the beginning. The life of a mom is mundane and boring. And it is really repetitive. Like the waking up 50 million times a night for who knows how many years that has happened. Like, I don't even know how old my baby is right now. It's like, how, how long have I been not sleeping? But it's, it's like, it all starts to run together and it feels like groundhog day over and over a lot of times. <laughs> and yeah. that's like a trip in itself. Like just, yeah. you know, a lot of times, I mean, in general in my life, I feel like I'm, I'm like an edge walker. Like I'm always walking the edge of like sanity versus insanity, you know, like I'm on the knife's edge of that. And when you're like sleepless and your days start to feel like groundhog day, then, you know, that's when it starts to, I'm like, all right, like, who am I? Like, what am I doing? Like, I need to like connect with somebody who can like help me ground into this experience right now, because yeah, it can really, uh, like we can't have, there's these magical, profound, like channeling lightning every day kind of experiences. Like that would just be crazy, but we can do this work all the time with the mundane things in our life, in our, in our relationships. Like it just, yeah, it can be that simple and it doesn't have to be, I think, I think I, I noticed this when I was an herbalist, like people always wanted to work with like the fancy herbs that came from South America or Asia or whatever, when we're here in the United States or, and, um, I kind of got into that when I first started working with herbs, because that's like what you're introduced to a lot of the time or what you used to be introduced to. I think more now more people are into bioregionalism, but when I got into the whole, like what medicines are right here in my yard growing, um, that's when I started to realize like everything you need is right here and it's totally the simple stuff like dandelion grows everywhere and it's one of the most medicinal plants like you got cancer eat some dandelion like you got stomach issues eat some dandelion like i mean it's so nourishing for so many different ailments and people just overlook it right because it's not the it's not a big showy beautiful flower or like the rare thing that you know like ghost pipe that you can't only find in one place and there's not very many of them like it's just this abundant thing and but people choose to look at the things that are not abundant right instead of the abundance that's like right under our nose the mundane boring things that we see every single day and we think that they're not of any value because they're not exotic or challenging or supernatural or whatever feeling to us anymore. Well, beyond that, we also condemn them. Yeah. You know, so many of those um, medicinal 
you know, air quote weeds that are <clears throat> available to us abundantly around here. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was something that you mentioned that I wanted to touch back on. I don't remember. Um, it's totally gone. <laughs> well, I just know that it's so, I, and doing this, um, this class this last year with Rochelle Garcia Saliga, the uh, innate traditions thing, re like cemented this for me that the simplest thing is oh. often the, it's often the medicine. Like it's often the most, com like with, with her course, everything's just about nourishment, like base level stuff that you wouldn't think about, you know, warmth, good food, comfort. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about comfort. It's like comfort yeah. is this huge medicine, but because it's not shiny and, yeah. um, you know, packaged up really fancy, we look over it. And I mean, that's how like this whole idea that like women's work is invisible. Like that's why, right? Because moms are taking care of the the day-to-day -day, the comfort the mundane all the stuff right so that's how it all gets lumped into this like not valued thing by people who are have been distorted their mind is distorted to think that um you know it has to be this grandiose thing to be important but like where would you be without your mama nowhere yeah. where would you be without the food that she fed you that she made you know that she made for you in the best way that she could make like we would be starving like yeah 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 okay that was awesome you totally brought it <laughs> home back to me and then like exploded it because so um you know in these joe dispenza meditations like people want mystical experiences he talks about the mystical there's tuning into the mystical you know there's like that's a that's a, a thing in this realm and I'm having like, you know, I'm having them energy moving and I'm having all kinds of things happen that I didn't ever have happen in my life before. And that's exciting. Um, but I'm not like, I haven't left my body. I'm not seeing things at the, at the event though. I had one vision and it was this flash, like the only time I've ever seen like an actual clear image with my eyes closed. And it was the eye of Horus. And I was like, well, that's cool. Cause that's the pineal gland. And you know, I was pretty excited about it. <laughs> I was like, can I see something else? Um, so none of that happening, right? I'm not, I'm not manifesting lightning in my living room. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not talking to trees. I'm not, nobody's talking to me. You know, I'm not, I mean, I see, I, I see numbers. I see, I've seen a lot of bald eagles lately at very precise times. I have stuff like that happen, which, you know, it's mystical in its own way, but nothing like otherworldly or supernatural. Um, and, and I was just thinking as you were talking before that, it's like, okay, I could gauge, like for a long time, I was looking at this, you know, manifesting this amazing conscious partnership relationship. And I was obsessed with it, which I know I've mentioned many times on this podcast for various reasons, but it was, for me, there was definitely an element of this like point of arrival, right? So like having a mystical experience for me, I have thought would be something that would show like, wow, I've really done it. I've really connected. I've really tuned in. I like, there is something, you know, like a, an affirmation in some way of like all the work that I'm doing is not for not like, I'm actually, I'm working towards something and I'm getting somewhere. Um, and that partnership, I think on some level held some of that energy. Like it would show to me that I actually really am the creator of my life because I really want this particular sort of thing. And 
and it it would be some sort of proof that like I am actually capable of of creating my reality and of having the life that I want. Um, but but just as you were talking, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, if I, I like, yeah, those things could you know affirm me in some way, but like I don't need them because all I have to do is look at my life and look at who I am with my daughter and who I am with the people that I meet and who I am with my friends and the, the level of connection I'm present for and the level of love I offer and receive and the level of consciousness in terms of communication I engage in. And it's like, I could, I could, I could gauge my progress on like, if I've got the relationship or if I've had mystical experiences or if I can have them on demand or like if I'm super tuned in and now I'm like clairvoyant or, you know, clairaudient or whatever, which, you know, that might be cool. But <laughs> like if I, if I like hang on waiting for that, which is what every spiritual teacher has ever told me or anyone in consciousness has ever said, like you are here already. Like it's all here. It's all right now. And you don't, you know, like in, um, in the work that I was doing with um, this one mentor for a, a year or so um, in the group I was in, she was saying how like, you don't need to become this person before you start doing this work. Like you, there's no arrival point of who, you know, people always say, well, when I get the job or when I do the thing or when I, you know, make enough money or whatever, there's no, there's no arrival of when it's enough or when the, you know, it's like, like these, these mile markers aren't, necessarily like like the mile markers are smaller they're you know they're like they're foot markers <laughs> you know or or like it's just you know if i look at if i look at the the minutiae the mundane that's where i see um the affirmation you know i don't need to prove it to myself by having a mystical experience that doesn't actually prove anything to me mm -hmm. and um so yeah, it's just really, you know, I, I think that's, that's a pervasive struggle for people and I have totally been locked into it. And also, I mean, you know, since I went to the Joe Dispenza event, like I have energy moving through me like never before. And like, it just feels really close. It feels like there's a lot of potential there. Like, you know, and I'm breaking, I feel like my, the rate of growth in the last couple months has just is exponential. Um, like I'm just, I'm moving through things and big things like, with so much more ease and so much more speed than ever before. Um, so it really does feel like I could, you know, like I could explode through the roof at any point, but, um, but it's also just so much more in like, I, it may sound incredibly mundane that I recognized I was stressed and that I just needed comfort and I didn't want to go eat and I just wanted to go to bed. And so I took, the reins back on that and just said, okay, I just need to comfort myself and I could do it with food, but I can also recognize that I'm okay with that eating and I can go back to sleep in some other way and got a body pillow like that. I can, I can hear my, my former spiritual mentor, like being like, that's a huge deal, you know, and, and, and me on the receiving end being like, yeah, I know. It was like, you know, yeah, yeah, I know. I, that was good. Like I was progress, you know, but now I'm on, I can see it from her perspective more. So it's like, that's huge. That is so monumental. It is the tiniest little seemingly insignificant marker of progress, but it's so big because it's, it's, it's so indicative of an entirely different way of being 
with myself and with my energy and with my needs and with my awareness and with my, um, my love for myself and my just everything. It, it's like that, that grain of sand holds the entire beach, you know, it holds everything. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I don't know you've probably met these kind of people, but like, um, well, I'll start with Paramahansa Yogananda says that when you're on your path and you're trying to get to Samadhi or the ultimate union with God, right? Like enlightenment, whatever you want to call it. When you're trying to, when you're working to get there and you're chugging away every day and you're in the mundane and all that, and it, you know, is really sucking or whatever to paraphrase. Um, when you're like chugging away at it, that, you know, he says that's when the work is being done, but along the way you will, um, you will receive powers or you will awaken powers within yourself, right? Along the way. So this could look like a million things, like you're saying, being clear audience or whatever, channeling lightning, whatever, like you'll, you'll, you'll open up these, um, powers within yourself. And most people, like most people who are even remotely doing this work will stop there because they get, you know, like mm -hmm. these, like the yogic saints, there were saints who could levitate. There were saints who could like teleport themselves. Sri Yukteswar, he could teleport himself. He came back after he died, just like Jesus. Like, I mean, Jesus was a, was a saint. He was an awakened, he was a guru, an awakened sage. Um, so these people can do these things, right? you get to these point and a lot of people get there and they're like, this is it. Like I can levitate, like I can man, I can manifest whatever I want. Like I can make this fruit appear right before me or make everything smell like a rose or whatever power that you get. I can see things, hear things, whatever, um, jump dimensions, all of these things. But he says, these things are all just distractions. Like you got to keep going because you're not even to the real power yet, which is God. Like you haven't even, these are all things along the way that you're, it's kind of like you're unlocking these doors mm -hmm. along the way to yeah. God. But if you stop there, then that's just like your ego basically eats yeah. that shit up, right? Like your ego yes. is just like, oh man, look at this. I'm levitating. This is so cool. But like, that's it. Like you basically have limited yourself. Then you're just created a limitation around yourself in something that's actually limitless. So, mm. you know, he just says, keep going. When you get there, do not stop and even look around, just keep going, like just go. Mm -hmm. And then you'll come back to those and have to use those powers for whatever work that you are to do that God wants you to do or whatever, but like you keep going. And I mean, I know people who have, uh, acquired certain powers, not anything super extraordinary, but, um, you know, like jumping dimensions and stuff like that, little, like things like that. And they just get stuck there. And then their ego, I, mean, I see this too with, um, like quote, spiritual teachers or whatever, who are like, super famous for being spiritual teachers and like the one I'm thinking of in my mind, he just like drinks bourbon and smokes cigars on stage. And like, he's this like world renowned spiritual teacher and everybody's into him. And I'm just like, yeah, but you haven't really got there yet. Like not because you're drinking and smoking. Right. But it's like, you're still stuck in the ego. Like mm. he's creating this image, right. Because he's gained mm. all this power of like people believing in him and he gained it at a really young age. And, um, it's like, I just look at those kind of people and I'm always really skeptical. Like those aren't ever the teachers that I gravitate towards. I always gravitate towards like super humble, like people that, you know, um, nobody would think anything of, or like most people wouldn't think anything of, but, um, 
yeah. And you see those people and they're just, they get stuck in this ego thing because they've gained a certain amount of power or um, certain powers in this material world. And they're just like, all of their egos just eats it up, but they never go any farther. So it's like, well, and in, and Paramahansa Yogananda tells a story about this. Like there's a guy, he's super poor, super humble. He's does his spiritual work every day. And like, people are like, you're never going to get anywhere, but he just shows up every day to do his morning and evening prayers. He does the work every day. And then there's like the sage who's like, you know, he's like a, a, a sage supposedly in this yogic lineage. And he's like, yes, I am a king. I'm going to do all this work. And because the sage gets caught up in his ego, this humble, poor man who's just chugging away at it every day soon surpasses him and gets to God. And the sage is like angry because he hasn't actually seen God, right? And this super humble person has seen God. So it's like, you just have to, and in, even those people, like even those teachers, like not even looking at them because just like knowing, okay, that's where they're at. But like, I'm going to just keep going no matter what, I'm just going to keep going. And I think that's the hardest part for me is no matter what, just keep a little by little every day, just showing up to do my meditation, showing up to like per look at myself every day in the mirror and be totally honest with myself. And that's another thing I just read that Paramahansa Yogananda said, he's like, you have to be super honest with yourself in this life because the world is not honest with you. The world is lying mm -hmm. to you at every turn. And the world actually, like the world out there actually promotes hypocrisy. So like you have to be able to look at yourself honestly every day. And I mean, it's not easy, you know, to be like, wow, I am a total asshole today. And I really did just say that horrible thing to my child or whatever thing makes you feel like crap about yourself. But like, I have to do that. I have to just keep going every day, just mm -hmm. chipping away at that stone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Neil Donald Walsh talks about that too. In the conversations with God books, God dictates to him that um, start by, there's a lot of different things of like how you can evolve in those books. And one of them is first become, uh, first become completely honest with yourself then be honest with everybody else. And um, yeah, that piece, because it's, it's really just sitting with yourself and actually looking at like, what do I actually think about this situation or this person or, you know, and, and it, that, that process of analyzing your thoughts is you're really being honest with yourself is that you're really getting to know yourself. And because if you don't know yourself, then how can you ever make choices that are in alignment with you mm -hmm. you know you won't ever there's there will always be that element of questioning or you know um it's like just being you know 100 self-responsibility being really willing and able to look at everything because you know it's really hard to do because it's such an ego hit but the thing about it is that it's not has nothing to do with your ego and so your, or it's the, it's that who you are has nothing to do with your ego. And so when you're really honest with yourself, what you're looking at is your ego, but it's you looking at it. It's not, you're not looking at it from your ego. If you can look at it from your ego, you're just going to judge yourself. And so you can't look at it from your ego. It's has to be you, the true you, the deep observer who then just reflects on your own ego, on your own thoughts, on your own limited beliefs, on your own, you know, irrational conclusions that you made when you were 
three years old for whatever reason, you know, and then you look at all of those things and then you can arrive at the present where you are in your real time situation and understand like who you're bringing to the table, what, what you're, why you are experiencing the situation the way you're experiencing it. Um, but yeah, there was something else about the, um, the like not, not ending at that point of, um, you know, arrival of, yeah. yeah, of, of like whatever skills or, you know, powers you tap into. Um, I just want to say in the context of that, that I think also I, and maybe it's just my perspective or the kind of aspects of the culture that I'm in, in terms of like spiritual community and people having psychic powers. Like I, I feel like everybody has psychic powers and I'm just like, okay, well, everybody else talks to trees and everybody, you know, everybody else is having these experiences. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I definitely got like um, your term, butt hurt. Maybe i maybe, you know, just feeling like, like, geez, like, does, can everybody do this? Like, am I the only person who can't, I mean, I, which is ridiculous because I don't see things. I don't hear things like in the way that I see and hear you, but, um, I'm all kinds of tapped in on all these other ways. So whatever. Um, but also that that's not an arrival point. That's just a skill for your own growth and evolution and to support other people. But I think in the culture that we live in, we have a tendency collectively to overvalue those things, right? So then those people get the ego trips and there are definitely people who have those abilities and use them for good, not evil. Um, but I think it's dangerous because I have so many friends who are on these, on the spiritual path and healing. And, and I just have this sense of, and I've done this so many times of just how much power it's like, they're the new white coats, like psychics and spiritual intuitives and whatever are the new white coats, like the new, mm -hmm. you know, the new authority, like all of us who don't want to go to the Western medical system and don't have faith in, you know, doctors or anything. It's like, well, okay, you're not pledging your allegiance there anymore, but now you're just pledging it over here and giving your power to these people who have these other abilities that you don't think you possess. And, and so just taking all of that stuff, like as a tool and not as, um, the end all be all. I always go back to Andrea Olson, who is the go diaper free lady. If any of you have babies and are interested in elimination communication, she's, she's a great resource for, for that. Um, but she talks about using a diaper and that in our culture, it's become the thing to use it as a toilet, but you need to, if you're doing elimination communication, you're using the diaper as a tool and not a toilet. Mm -hmm. And like that applies to literally everything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the, not the toilet part, but like, don't give, uh, don't give the power or the, you know, don't overemphasize any of these things. Like the power is always within you and draw in everything as a resource or as a tool to support you in your own path versus saying, well, this psychic told me this. And so that means everything. It's like, what you were saying is actually really helpful for me because I've, I've come to the awareness, like these people do not, they're just, it's their own personal lens that they view their own experience with. So it's not like they are God telling me they are their version of the channeling of that energy. And if it resonates great, and if it doesn't, then it doesn't, that's like, that's all it is. Um, but the, the, the idea that it's like, that it's a spectrum or a trajectory and that they're like at this point on the path and that there's all these different infinite levels to go beyond that is, 
a really helpful perspective because it puts that, um, it, it puts that in its place, I guess mm -hmm. it contextualizes it in a way that, that makes it easier to say, oh, well, they're not, they don't have to be the authority on yeah. my life or my experience. Yeah. Like sovereignty of ourselves there. Yeah. I rem I watched this documentary and I can't remember what it's called, like, uh, keepers of the light or something like that, but it's about the, the, uh, Peruvian shaman and like in Peru and all the work that they do down there. And they're one of the, one of the guys said, um, what his teacher taught him was you always listen to yourself first and last. So you go to the shaman, you know, the super powerful people, you go to the shaman and you ask for help, but you always listen to yourself first and last. And I think for me, from my perspective, I came from this place of, I'm not going to listen to anybody. I'm because as a kid, I I've always had a direct relationship with God. That's why I couldn't get down with church. And they were telling me, you got to talk to the preacher. I was like, no man, because I talk to God all the time. Like God is in my head talking to me all the time, you know? And, um, I mean, that's how I perceived it as a kid, like this voice in my head. And so like, I, came from that place. So now I've had to come to a place where I can actually listen to other people and like hear what they're saying and, and like see if that jives or whatever. But, um, I think about that all the time, you know, like listen to yourself first and last, because it's such a great little, it like packages that up really nicely. And even with my mentor who is super amazing to me and I like sit with her and I'm just like, she's just like blowing my sockets all the time. Even with her, sometimes she says stuff and I'm like, no, that's like, that's not it. Like, that's just not what it is. And she's super tapped in. Like she's mm -hmm. super cosmic, like has way more powers than I have, but sometimes she's just wrong because she's not me. Like, yeah. that's just it. Like she's having this perception and that's what she, and she'll say that too. Like she's super humble. So she'll be like, I'm just a reflection for you. All I'm here to do is to reflect to you what it is that you, you know, that you hold within yourself. And so like, Sometimes, and then also you get into dealing with people who haven't done their own work, like done their own like work with, you know, shadow work or whatever you want to call it, their under, underground work. And you can only be a resource for somebody if you like a really good resource, if you've done that deep work on yourself and you can tell what's, what's me and what's like being channeled through me to tell this person and like, what's my stuff that I'm in. I'm um, projecting onto this person, right? Like I, I've seen this a lot with healers too, like that they're, they just like project onto you what they think and, uh, or what their, what their experience, what their lived experience is. And sometimes that's valuable because it's nice to have somebody else's experience and be like, oh, that's mm -hmm. a different way of looking at that. But then what you're saying, like what I hear you saying is like, taking that and like making that your own. You yes. can't just automatically do that. You have to yeah. listen to yourself first and last and not just take, it's like, just like somebody dumps their garbage out the window and you just like get your bag ready to catch it. You know, it's like, <laughs> no man, that's your garbage. Get that shit out of here. I don't want that, but I will take that thing. You know, like I will yeah. take that. That was a gem. That one thing. Yeah. That yeah. was a gem. So just, and like that, like, a relationship with God to me has to be, it has to have direct perception. Like it has to be a direct thing. And so I'm always just trying to like clean my conduit. And then when I go to people for help, it's like, I need you to see my weak points and I need you to like reflect back to me what I'm actually saying, because it sounds like 
okay to me, but it might sound crazy as hell. You know, like maybe I'm just like talking out my ass right now and I need you to tell me like, sometimes you just need people to be honest with you and be like, nah, girl, like that is not, that's not the truth. Um, or here's another way of seeing it because the way you're seeing it is very one-sided or whatever. So that's for me why I choose. I've always had a mentor my entire life. Like I always had one really good mentor. I've grown past all of them. And, um, you know, Donna Marie is the bomb, but I know one day I'll probably grow past her. Right. And I'll have to get, I'll get like another, that's like the up leveling, which is great. Like any great teacher, that's what they want. They want you to surpass them. Like any elder wants that they want you to like be bigger than them, to be better than them, to like get your own groove going and to just like, they want you to just be, you know, head for the sky and like be huge. And, um, you know, that's what I'm aiming for. (laughs) I don't even know what that means, but like, I want to be so huge, like just so, um, just so out there and big and all encompassing and whatever it is that I'm meant to be in this life. Like, I just want to be it like now. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) for sure. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Well, on that note, I feel like we've covered a lot from the mundane to the extraordinary (laughs) and I can hear my baby crying downstairs. So I think that I have to get off of here, but, um, yeah, once again, I hope everybody listening that you're having these kind of conversations and we know what it's like to try to have these conversations with just any random Joe and you can't really do it very easily, but I highly encourage you to try because it will really freak some people out (laughs) if you just go try to have deep conversations with people. But, um, I do hope everybody gets to have conversations like this with somebody in their life and feel, feel fulfilled on that end. But Um, So until next time, thank you for listening to this conversation between women.